I'm Virginia Allen, and this is the Daily Signal Top News for Thursday, January 11th. Here are today's headlines. It is a busy day in the news. We have the numbers, first off, from December as to inflation. And December was a month that was higher than expected, higher than projected by experts. The Labor Department announced today that the price of everyday goods like gas and groceries rose an average of 0.3% in December compared to November. But if you compare the inflation rise to last year, we have seen a rise of 3.4%. Fox Business reports that economists had projected a 3.1% rise, so we are 0.3% above what was anticipated. Inflation has fallen from its 40-year peak back in 2022, but many Americans are still feeling it at the grocery store, the gas pump, when paying rent. So is relief coming? That's the big question. I caught up with Heritage Foundation Research Fellow E.J. Antoni to ask that question, and this is what he said. Unfortunately, there really isn't any relief in sight for the American people anytime soon on the inflation front. Now, that's despite what you might hear from the White House or the so-called economists at the Fed and the talking heads on TV who keep saying that inflation has come down. That just means prices are not rising as fast as they were previously, but they're still rising. And those price increases are coming on top of the previous price increases. So at the end of the day, the average American family is still demonstrably poorer than they were three years ago. And it's not by a trivial amount. We're talking thousands of dollars. One of the reasons why inflation may still be so high is the anticipation of the Federal Reserve cutting interest rates. Chief Global Strategist at Principal Asset Management Seema Shah told Fox Business that today's inflation report reinforces the notion that the market had gotten a little overexcited around the timing of rate cuts. And Shah added, these are not bad numbers, but they do show that disinflation progress is still slow and unlikely to be a straight line down to 2%. Today, we heard closing arguments for former President Donald Trump's civil fraud case in New York City. In this case, Trump is facing charges over inflating the value of his New York City real estate holdings for his financial benefits. New York Attorney General Letitia James brought the case against Trump, And Trump was critical of James as he gave remarks to the press outside the courtroom today amid closing arguments per C-SPAN. This is an out-of-control attorney general. She's totally out of control. These loans were all good. The banks were extremely happy with me. They still are. We built a great company. We have a company that's very liquid, very strong, great assets. And she sued me because she wanted the publicity to run for office. They find nothing wrong. And I think if anybody was being fair about it, And I'm not sure you can even hear me because they don't allow microphones over here, which is a little ridiculous. But uh, if anybody's fair about it, you see, this is a case that should have never been brought. And I think we should be entitled to damages. The judge has already determined that the Trump family did inflate the worth of their assets in New York. But this case was to determine what the penalties are for Trump and some of his family members involved. 
The judge handling the case says that he will release his final written ruling by the end of January. James and her lawyers are asking the court to fine Trump $370 million plus interest. Stay tuned. The Iowa caucuses are on Monday, and last night, three of the leading candidates took one more opportunity to appeal to voters on a national stage before the caucuses begin. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley were back on the debate stage to face off. Former President Donald Trump was the only other primary candidate to meet the 10 percent polling benchmark to qualify for the debate. But as with the previous four debates, he declined to participate. Instead, Trump participated in a Fox News town hall in Iowa at the same time. DeSantis pledged that he will end the weaponization of the federal government. The IRS has been weaponized against conservatives going back to the Obama administration. I was there for that. No one's been held accountable for doing that. You look at the Federal Bureau of Investigation, the Department of Justice, the weaponization of federal power ends the day I become the president of the United States. Haley said she will address the crisis along the southern border. What we need to do is not just ban a wall. We need to put 25,000 Border Patrol and ICE agents on the ground and let them do their job. We need to defund sanctuary cities once and for all. No more safe havens for illegal immigrants. We need to make sure we go back to the Remain in Mexico policy so that no one even steps foot on U.S. soil. And instead of catch and release, we need to go to catch and deport. Trump's town hall also took place in Iowa. He clarified comments he previously made that he will be a dictator just for one day. Well, I said, I'm going to be a dictator for one day. We're going to do two things. The border, we're going to make it so tight you can't get in unless you come in legally. And the other is energy. We're going to drill, baby, drill. After that, I'm not going to be a dictator. You can catch all the highlights of the debate and of Trump's town hall by visiting the Daily Signal website. That's DailySignal.com. You can also check out the Daily Signal's YouTube channel page to find some short clips there. Moving overseas for a minute, let's talk about two big news stories on the world stage. Iran has seized an American oil tanker in the Gulf of Oman which are the waters between Iran and Oman. An Iranian news agency said in a message posted on its channel on the Telegram social media app that the Navy of the Islamic Republic of Iran announced the seizure of an American oil tanker in the waters of the Oman Sea with a court order. The Iran-backed Houthis have been firing weapons at ships in the Red Sea since Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th, but this action is different in that the Islamic Republic of Iran itself has carried out the seizure of the oil tanker. Iran is reportedly moving the tanker to an Iranian port. This is not the first time that the oil tanker has been a source of conflict between the U.S. and Iran. A former U.S.-Iran dispute over the tanker resulted in the U.S. seizing over 1 million barrels of Iranian crude oil. Iran's actions now are in retaliation to that incident, according to an Iranian-backed media group. Iran's permanent mission to the United Nations told CNN that the seizure was a lawful undertaking sanctioned by a court order and corresponds to the theft of Iran's very own oil. The New York Times reports that a spokeswoman for the Pentagon's Central Command said the United States military was monitoring the situation 
but had no further immediate comment. The incident comes about three months after Hamas terrorist attack on Israel. And at the same time, South Africa has accused Israel of committing genocide against Gaza. South Africa has brought a case in international court against Israel, claiming that the nation is guilty of attempted genocide against the Palestinians. Opening statements were delivered at the International Court of Justice at The Hague in the Netherlands today. Israel has denied the allegations. The case could take years to have a final ruling in international courts. The Daily Signal broke the news today about a video that indicates the Biden administration has worked hand-in-hand with the far-left group, the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center, or the SPLC, started out as a group targeting the Ku Klux Klan, but has devolved into an organization that labels conservative groups like the Family Research Council as quote-unquote hate groups. In the fall of 2021, SPLC president Margaret Hang bragged in a donor meeting that many agencies in Biden's administration had approached the center to craft a domestic terrorism strategy. Take a listen. And I can tell you that we've had many agencies in the new Biden administration reaching out to solicit our expertise and our knowledge and information to help shape the policies that the new administration is adopting to counter the domestic terrorism threat. The comments here raise concerns over who the SPLC is telling the Biden administration they should classify as domestic terrorists when the SPLC labels many conservative and Christian organizations as so-called hate groups. You can read Tyler O'Neill's full report on this story in today's show notes. We end today's show with some big news for sports fans. For all my football fans out there, you probably already know what I'm about to say. Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is leaving the Pats. Belichick has been with the Patriots for 24 seasons and led his team to six Super Bowl wins. Belichick announced at a press conference today that he and Patriots owner Robert Kraft have decided to mutually part ways per CBS Sports. Uh, so appreciative of the fans for all the support they've given me, uh, my family, uh, and this football team. And uh, it's with um, just so many fond memories and, and uh, thoughts that I you know, think about the Patriots and, and uh, I'll always be a Patriot. I look forward to coming back here. Uh, but at this time, uh, you know, we're going we're gonna to move on. It is not yet known what Belichick's next move will be, but he's not retiring. And there are reports that the Atlanta Falcons are actively trying to recruit him as their coach. The news of Belichick's departure from the Patriots comes just one day after University of Alabama football coach Nick Saban announced his retirement. ESPN refers to Saban as one of college football's coaching greats. He led his team to seven national championships. The new coach of Alabama is not yet known. With that, that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for being with us here on the Daily Signal's Top News. If you have not gotten the chance, make sure that you check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed where we bring you interviews with lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to be sitting down with Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson to talk about the rise of anti-Semitism on college campuses and how it unveils the issues with DEI. 
Also, make sure to subscribe to The Daily Signal wherever you like to listen to podcasts and help us reach more listeners by taking just a minute to leave a five-star rating and review. We really appreciate those who have done so, and it means so much to us to hear your feedback. Thanks again for being with us today. We'll see you right back here tomorrow morning for my conversation with Professor Jacobson. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.